We have a very special treat this morning to have Brian Wills here with us. And we've known, some of you have known Brian for a number of years now. And uh, maybe some of you that are newer to our family, um, you say, well, who's Brian? Well, there's an excellent way to find out who Brian is by picking up a book. Uh, this is in, in, an amazing book and story, and not just a story. I mean, this is a real life happening, a testimony of Brian's. And if you would like to hear the full story, because he doesn't have time this morning to tell us all of it, right? Pick up his book, and uh, the first part of the book, it's a very, very simple and easy read. It tells his story about how he had 10 hours to live. When I read it, I laughed, I cried, I, I, I prayed with you and believed God with you. And then in the back part of the book is such a um, useful step-by-step -step guide on how to receive healing. And it's one of the best books that I've, simple, simple format. That I've, that I've read on the subject. So I encourage you to pick one up. And um, before I bring Brian up, I want to talk just a little bit about uh, how much I've enjoyed. You know, we've traveled together. We've gone into the Middle East together. And, and I so enjoyed his heart and, and his service to the Lord and a man of humility. And you know that it's the man with humility. It's the humble that get the grace. And, and my favorite thing about, about Brian is how he becomes like a different man when the anointing is on him. Let me say it a different way. My favorite thing about Brian is Christ in him. Is Christ in him. God in him. Have you ever looked at someone and said, God looks good on you? <laughs> well, that's Brian. So Brian, why don't you come? And um, as he's coming, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little bit about a prayer Jesus Prayed. You know, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed for himself, he prayed for the disciples, and then, this is found in chapter 17, he prayed for you and I, for the future believers. And you can find that beginning in verse 20 and 17, but all the way down in verse 26 he says this, he says, I made, Jesus is speaking, I made your name known to them. Now you didn't even exist then yet. And he's already declaring by faith things that have not come yet. I have made, past tense, your name known to them. He's looking all the way into the future to your great-great-grandchildren and beyond. And then he makes this statement. He said, and will make it known. And will make it known. So by Jesus' very own words this morning, he says, I'm going, I will make myself known to you. So put your faith on that, that right there, and the Lord will speak through Brian in a mighty way this morning Amen. because of Amen. it. Father, I thank you so much for Brian, for sending him here this morning. I thank you for the words you're going to bring through him, Lord. We look to you as our instructor, our deliverer, our teacher, and I invite you to uh, have free reign this morning in Jesus' name, and amen. 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 Well, can we give it up for Jesus this morning? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't Jesus wonderful? How many of you have enjoyed these week's meetings? Praise God. You know, I was able to take in a couple days and uh, not as many as I would like. But I tell you what, I was been richly blessed this week. And 
I also just want to echo what, uh, what Jen have, have, had to say, and that is just to thank all of you guys for your service and volunteers and workers. And, you know, I was thinking of all the, all the teachers down in the kids' department doing kids' church and, and all the ushers and greeters. And, uh, you know, I, I've been on staff at a couple different churches, and, and we've had lots of revival meetings and special meetings. And so I know what it's like to try to put on, you know, a week-long meeting and, uh, and how much work is involved. And so, but I just also want to say, gosh, my life is so blessed uh, uh, being with you guys and uh, the Landmark and Armada and just so many ministers that the Lord has brought together. I tell you what, it's just such a blessing in my life. And, and, uh, and so uh, I just can't say enough about um, the pastors and this, this body, this armada and everything. And so um, it's just really blessed my life in such a way. And I always look forward to it every, every year. So I want to thank your Brother Dale and Pastor Sidney and, and for all that you guys do. And so, um, so amen. Everybody say amen. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, so this morning, I want to share some scriptures. You know, it's, it's actually been almost four months since I stood in a pulpit and preached. So I told, I told Pastor Sidney, look out. <laughs> look out because he said, well, just, just give him heaven. Just give him heaven. So I'm going to give you heaven this morning. Praise the Lord. Now, we've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings, and we've been working on other aspects of our ministry and, and different things that are going to continue to move us forward. But, uh, but how many all ready to receive a word, a fresh word from the Lord this morning? This is another day, another time to re- receive from the Lord. Sure, I just lift up your hands, if you would, and just let's go before the Lord. And, and uh, Father, we just thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. Lord, I thank you. Father, that you've called us here, that we're here this morning to hear a fresh word from the Lord. Lord, we thank you today for meeting every single need. We thank you for moving by your spirit. Lord, we thank you for the word, that the rich word that you have given to us. And Lord, let, let the Holy Spirit just, just speak, speak even further, speak even more to our hearts and to our lives today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Everybody say this. Say, I'm blessed. I'm, blessed. I'm, smart. I'm smart. I'm strong. I'm, strong. I'm, good looking. I'm good looking. And I'm a major blessing. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're strong. You're, strong. you're, blessed. you're blessed. You're smart. You're, smart. you're good looking. And you're a major blessing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Your, your faith just grew. Your faith just grew because the Bible says, as you acknowledge every good thing, your faith becomes effective. Amen? Praise the Lord. I want you to go in your Bible to the, to the Old Testament, to two passages, the book of Haggai and also uh, Ezekiel. And uh, we're going to look at some things this morning. I'm going to kind of bring you up to date on what the Lord has been doing in our ministry, too. Um, you know, my wife and I were in Egypt in January. We our connection to Egypt is with a man by the name of Dr. Ron Charles. And, and so, uh, as Pastor Sidney mentioned, about five and a half years ago, the Lord, I uh, was in a service, uh, I was in a, a large conference, and I was sitting on the back row, and, and uh, a speaker was speaking. I don't even know what he was speaking about. I just remember how the Holy Spirit came over me, 
as I was sitting in my seat, and I, I found myself just welling up with tears, and I, I began to cry as I was sitting there, and I looked around, and I'm like, well, you know, nobody else is crying, and, and uh, but you know, you know when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Many of you probably have had that happen before, and, uh, and so I, I just dismissed myself from that, that service, and I went back to my hotel room, and I just spent a few days just seeking the Lord in praying. I said, well, Lord, I know you're trying to get something over to me. I know you're trying to tell me something. And, and so uh, over those days, you know, he had me go through the scriptures. And, and then all of a sudden the Lord said to me, I've given you a new assignment. I've given you a new assignment. Now, up until that time, we had had, you know, we'd been in traveling in different countries and, and uh, ministering overseas. And, uh, and I believe in the year 2004, the, the Lord had given us assignment to reach one nation every other month. And, uh, and so that was, that was our mandate. And, and we were going into different nations that, uh, that had never experienced uh, a move of God. And so uh, and so, anyway, it was at that in the in that hotel that the Lord really downloaded a a burden, a desire to reach the Muslim world. And so I came back from that uh, time with the Lord, and I I returned home, and I told my my wife, I said, "Honey, God's given us a new assignment." You know, this week we're talking about the call of God, and uh, I want to encourage all of you to align yourself. To the call of God. Now, the first time I remember aligning myself to the call of God was when I was 22 and I was dying of cancer. And that's when I lifted up my hands and I said, Lord, if you'll get me out of this situation, <laughs> if you'll heal my body, which he already has, right? But if you'll get me out of this situation, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll speak to whoever you want me to speak to. And I tell you what, within a couple of weeks, uh, as I lay in that hospital bed, I had a tumor the size of a, of a basketball. As I would turn in bed, that tumor would slosh with the fluid, and the tumor would just just move back and forth, and so much, so much pain. And uh, but I called unto the Lord, you know. And I mean, you know, when you call unto the Lord, the Lord will answer you. And so I told the Lord, uh, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to go do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And, and, uh, and so within weeks, uh, I woke up one morning and um, the cancer had, had disappeared and I was completely and totally healed. Praise the Lord. Let's give it up for Jesus this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so I remember uh, I surrendered my life. I surrendered my will to God's will. But I didn't know what was the next step. And, uh, but I aligned myself. I aligned myself to whatever it was that God had for me. And what I have found is that there are really two things to do to align yourself. Number one is surrender. <laughs> just, just surrender to the Lord. And then the second thing is obedience. And so over my life, I've seen different times where I've surrendered or I've aligned myself with the, with the will of God. And I can tell you that each time that you align yourself with the will of God... You're in for more favor, more blessing, more power, you know, uh, more, more satisfaction than, than you've ever seen before. And so when the Lord told us to go into the Middle East, I didn't know how it was going to happen. You know, I didn't know how these things were going to come about. But, um, uh, but the Lord just began to uh, set, set me up with different people, you know, divine appointments. You've, you've mentioned that so much. And it's just so blessed my life. 
how, how God uses divine appointments to get you in the right place. How many know that God knows where you live? <laughs> he, knows, he knows how to get to you. He knows how to get you in the right place. And so, uh, so we, uh, my wife and I, we were with Dr. Ron and a team, uh, also a film team from uh, Israel uh, Network TV. And uh, it, was the, it was the first ever government-sanctioned, government-sanctioned uh, Christian uh, services, Christian meetings in Egypt. And so, uh, we, so President Sisi had told uh, our team, he said, all the eyes of the Muslim world are going to be on these meetings. Now, we, we didn't know what that meant, but we knew it must be pretty significant, you know. And so... He told us if everything goes well, then doors will fly open wide. If, if things don't go so well, then the doors will shut tight. And so as we were there in Egypt, we set up for the first meeting. And uh, President, as we walk out of the hotel, there's a complete Secret Service presidential um, motorcade. Uh, police, military, Secret Service you know, that were there to protect us and keep us safe. They were there with us the entire, the entire week, all right? And so uh, President Sisi was wanting to make sure that we had full protection and that our meetings went well. Glory to God. And so, uh, so our first meeting, uh, we had se- seven Secret Service agents with us, and then uh, as the meeting uh, was getting ready to get started, you know, people had packed uh, the place, and uh, within uh, just a few minutes, all of a sudden, 20, 21 Secret Service agents showed up, all right? And then in walk in, the amb- all these ambassadors, the ambassador to Qatar, the ambassador to Kuwait, the ambassador to Libya, the ambassador to, to Saudi Arabia, uh, about six or eight ambassadors walked in the room, okay? You know, and so, uh, so President Sisi had invited them. Why did they come? They came to see a Christian meeting, what a Christian meeting would look like in a Muslim world. Well, as the meeting got going, the presence of God fell on that place, and and uh, God just really began to move tremendously. And and, and the testimonies this was that before the meeting was over, uh, these ambassadors were getting on their cell phones, and they were calling back to their country. They were calling back to their government leaders. And so the Saudi Arabia ambassador came running over. He said, look, he said, Saudi Arabia is wide open. Anytime you guys want to come. All right. Uh, Prince bin Salman have said, yes, they can come. And we will give them government clearance, government protection to come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Other ambassadors begin to say the same things. And so all I, can, all I know is that we're living in such an interesting time. How many know it's harvest time? The nations are opening up, all right? And so, um, and so I returned from Egypt, and then um, we had all these open doors that have happened now in other Muslim countries. Um, but as I returned from Egypt, I got a call one day from Dr. Ron, and he said, there's this guy from Egypt who, who's coming to the United States, um, and uh, would, you, would you call him, see what he, see what he wants? I, I don't, I've never met him. I don't know who he is. So I called this this man, and, and uh, as I called him, I spoke to his secretary, and his secretary said, well, you know, he's coming to the United States. Uh, he wants to, to meet with somebody, and, uh, you know, he heard about the meetings in Egypt. And so um, he says, she says, I'll send you his resume and his, um, his itinerary. And so she sent it to me, and, uh, and so 
I looked at his resume and I realized that he, was, he had just stepped off as being a member of the Egyptian parliament. I thought, well, that's interesting. Okay, strong Christian man, had been part of the Egyptian parliament. And so I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I looked at his itinerary and I realized he was going to be in Washington, D.C. He was going to be meeting with government leaders and he was going to be attending this international religious freedom. Yeah, there's a round table of international religious freedom group. And so something on the inside said, you know, I need to be in that place. I need to be in that meeting. And so I, I, I called a secretary and I said, tell him I'll, I'll meet him. I'll, meet him, I'll be in that meeting He'll, and I'll be his guest. <laughs> and so I, I, I came to that meeting and I was able to connect with him. And, uh, and so, um, but the Lord just had... When I was there in that meeting, they were talking about religious freedom around the world and how they were getting nations, nations to participate, nations to come on board and sign like a treaty to form an alliance of nations. You know, there are treaties for war, there's treaties for trade, but how about treaties for religious freedom? Hallelujah. What a novel idea, right? You know, and so... Uh, so it's from that, I just, now I've, I've come into that group, and so, um, so now uh, Dr. Ron and I are, are in the beginning stages of, of getting Egypt and some of the other Muslim countries to sign on for religious freedom. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus this morning. So I say all that to say, you know, you never know where you're going to be. If you only knew it was around the corner. Actually, if you only knew it was around the corner, you'd probably pray more. <laughs> Seek the Lord more. But I know this is that we're in a new season, and there's been a shift. And, uh, you know, thank God you guys have been able to continue to meet on Sundays and have church services. But there's others that haven't been able to. But, but you know, the Lord told me during this, during this pause, during this shift, that he said to me, listen, he said, Brian, if you don't, if you don't make changes during this time, then you have missed my plan and my purpose. Now, I know that this whole situation did not come from the Lord. I mean, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what the enemy meant for bad, God can what? He can use for good. How many of y'all believe that today? And so uh, I didn't think things were so bad, but, you know, when God says, hey, there's some changes, changes. Everybody say changes, all right? And so he said to me, you don't want to go back to the way things used to be. So I decided, you know what, I, personally, I don't want to go back to the way things used to be. God is always calling us to a higher place. Even as a minister, I don't even want to go back to the way things used to be. I want to be able to minister on a much higher, more effective, more anointed level than ever before. Hallelujah. Is that the desire of your heart this morning? You want to do more, go more, be more, be who God's called you to be. And so, so it's just important to align ourselves with, with the calling that God has for us. And so uh, I just say that as an encouragement this morning. And so uh, if you would, uh, go with me to, uh, let's start in uh, Ezekiel chapter 7. Ezekiel chapter 7. And then we'll go to... Haggai. 
In Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 26, it says, Disaster will come upon disaster. I think that's what we're seeing right now. Disaster will come upon disaster, and rumor will be upon rumor. Then they will seek a vision from a prophet. I want you to notice that this morning. So as we begin to see things happen, disaster upon disaster, Lord, it's been one thing, then another thing, then another thing that we've been witnessing in our country as well as around the world. Then what will happen? They will seek a vision from a prophet. In other words, uh, what the prophet is telling us, he's saying this. He's saying, when we begin to see these things, what is God saying? So when you begin to see disaster and another disaster and this situation and another situation, people are going to say, what is God saying? What is the word of the Lord? Now go to Haggai chapter 2. We know this, that in the scriptures tells in the last days, men's hearts will fail for fear. It's coming upon the earth. We've certainly seen that. But you and I, we have the word of the Lord. So Haggai, the book of Haggai, I love this book because I see two major things that Haggai says. Haggai chapter 2, verse number 6 and 7. God talks about, hey, I will shake all nations. I will shake all things. Let me just find it here. Haggai chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. For thus says the Lord, once more it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. Everybody say shake. Shake. What's going to happen? And they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. You know, years ago in reading this passage of Scripture, I could have never imagined how God was going to shake all nations. I could never imagine how 190 nations could be shaken all at the same time. But now, over these last several months, it's, it's evident, right, that during this whole attack, this virus pandemic, that, you know, so many nations of the world have been affected and economies have been affected and different things. But, but, but God says in the midst of all this, what does he say? I'm going to bring all nations to me. I'm going to bring all nations to me. All right? And then in, go back to chapter 1, Haggai chapter 1, verses 3. Then the word of the Lord came to 
Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses in this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. I like one translation says, Take a good look at your life. Take a good look at your life. Praise the Lord. Uh, go in your Bible, if you would, to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Right now, um, there's an executive order that is uh, being put together uh, by this international religious freedom group, and it's to, uh, it's to require our government, every department in our government, to have a religious freedom mandate. So the Treasury Department, the Commerce Department, part of their mandates, all right, they will be held accountable on how they, how they do religious freedom. And so it's one thing to just to say, yeah, we believe in religious freedom, but now to have a mandate, right, that's going to require every part of our government to have an accountability that part of their mandate is going to actually be something that's going to say, listen, this is how we fulfill this mandate in, in, in bringing more religious freedom. Whether it's more prayer in the Commerce Department, whether it's more Bible studies, all right? whether it's uh, more things that they begin to do uh, you know, in those departments or in, in the areas of the public. But you know, each department is going to be required to, to, to do more to bring out and to increase religious freedom. Now, that's a good thing, isn't it? All right? In fact, when I was in this meeting in Washington, D.C., um, I, was, uh, I was sitting by, you know, uh, different people. And, uh, and so this, this guy came up to me and introduced himself. And he said, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor in here in Washington, D.C. And I said, great. I said, you know, well, where's your church? He goes, take a wild guess. I said, uh, are you outside of D.C.? Are you in the Beltway? Or, I mean, what, where are you? And he goes, take a wild guess. I said, I don't know. I mean, you got me on this one. And he said, yeah, our church meets in Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi has an administrative part. That I believe he, she has a parlor or a room that, that people can meet. So... He just said, yeah, two years ago, I just got the nerve to ask her, hey, can we use your office to, to start a church? I believe you and I will go to that church maybe one day. <laughs> and, you know, if we only knew how much prayer was going forth right now in Washington, D.C., there's so many Bible studies, so much prayer, so much intercession, you know, it's so many wonderful things that are going on. I mean, our, our president is appointing Christians into positions. You know, there's more prayer. There's more things going on in the executive office and, and uh, in, the, in, in the Oval Office. And, I mean, so much prayer is being, being handled. And yet, we need to do our job, right? All right. Uh, one of the things that the Lord told me, he said, um, for, for too long the church has been riding the coattails of the president. For too long, the church has been riding the coattails of the president. You know, people, we look back and say, how does he do it? How does he, all the opposition, all the things, how does, how does he put up with all that, right? <laughs> 
Thank God for his fearlessness, right? Thank God for his boldness. And, 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 but he, you know, he's been paving this way. But the Lord said to me, it's time for the church to rise up. We ought to be leading the charge. Come on now. We ought to be making a pathway for him just to, just to be able to get more and more things done. How many of you all hear what I'm talking about today? Hallelujah. And so um, thank God for what is taking place. But guess what? We have a greater place. We have a greater place to get in prayer, get into intercession, and to, and to make that way plain. And so this morning, a couple of things that I want to share with you is, is that uh, I'm going to look at three passages of Scripture where there were storms. Now, my, my focus is not on the storm. My focus is to show you what happens after the storm. You ever studied that? Ever looked at what happens after a storm? And so we're going to just refer to like three passages of Scripture, Mark 4, Mark 6, and then the book of Acts. And so uh, we're going to use that just kind of to, to bring about this message that the Lord has put in my heart. So it's more important, like, what happens after a storm. Now, we've all been through storms, right? The first passage I want you to see in Mark chapter 4, verse number 35 we all know this, that this is the time where Jesus was in the boat with his disciples, right? You remember that? And the boat began to fill up with water. And, uh, and so the boat began to sink, all right? And so it was during that, this time that a great windstorm arose. And the boat was filling up. And so Jesus was asleep on a pillow. And so it says that in verse number 39, that he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. So what did Jesus do? He rose up, he rebuked the wind, and he said, peace, be still. If you ever know what to do in a storm, you do two things. You rebuke the entity that's causing the storm. And you speak the desired result. When I lay in a hospital bed, when I was 22 years of age, dying of terminal cancer, I had this tumor, size of a basketball. I began to say, cancer, I command you. In Jesus' name, I command you to die. Cancer, you cannot stay in my body. I have authority over you. In the name of Jesus, cancer, you die. You go from my body. In Jesus' name. What was I doing? I was rebuking the entity. I was rebuking or speaking to the mountain. I mean, we're called to speak to mountains, and mountains shall be removed. And so in the middle of a storm, this is what you do. You, re, you rebuke the entity. You take authority over the entity that's causing the storm. How about today, as we see our nation, we ought to be speaking to that spirit of fear. We ought to be speaking to that spirit of fear and say, fear, you can have our nation. Amen. The enemy knows that if he can get people caught up in fear and, and, and people looking at the natural and getting their attention on the natural, then, then all of a sudden he can begin to move in, even more in our country. But I'll say this, the church, we're rising up. God has not given us a spirit of fear. We have authority over fear in the name of Jesus. And we say, fear, you cannot have our nation. Fear, you go in Jesus' name. Amen. How many all in agreement this morning? Yeah. Hallelujah. But the second thing is that in a storm, you speak the desired result. You call things that be not as though they are. You begin to call yourself healed because by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. And so we know this story where Jesus stood up. He rebuked the wind. 
And he calls, he, he told, peace be still. And then, as you, as you look at chapter 5, it says, And they came to the other side. Now, this is what I, wanna, what I want you to see. They came to the other side. In other words, hey, that, that boat road was over. That storm had passed. But what happened? All of a sudden, a, a demoniac comes out of the tombs. Then, then uh, Jairus comes to Jesus, saying, My daughter lieth at the point of death. Then a woman with the issue of blood says, I've been to many doctors and many physicians. I've spent all that I had and nothing better. And she touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and she's completely made whole. Okay, so, so, so get the picture here. Wait a minute. They had just gone through a great storm. They arrived. And all of a sudden, a demon-possessed guy who no one can handle is completely set free. A woman who had been, had a disease for 12 years, been all, spent all that she had, been to doctors, and she was completely healed. A daughter who laid at the point of death, just like that, rose up and Jesus healed her. That's all in Mark chapter 5. Again, they had came to the other side. They got out of the boat. And then things began to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's look at this, Mark chapter 6. Just, just, just meditate. Just think about that. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, another story in verse number 45 of a storm. And in this storm that the disciples were in the boat and the wind was contrary. I used to, I used to be in canoe races and also I used to go sailing. And when the wind is contrary, it's not a good feeling. So here are the disciples... Uh, they were in the middle of the night. They're trying to row and row and row, and the wind is contrary to them. And man, they're working it. Well, they're working it. They're working hard. They're, they're trying to. They're trying to get through. You know, all all that wind and all that storm. Okay. And then all of a sudden, they were spooked. They they said, "Oh, it must be a ghost." <laughs> all right. And so then all of a sudden, Jesus saw what was going on, and then Jesus appeared to them. All right. And he said, be of good cheer, design, do not be afraid. And it says in verse 53, and when they had crossed over, verse 26, they came out of the boat immediately. Everybody say immediately. So they got out of the boat and immediately. They got over the storm and immediately. They got out of the situation and immediately. Everybody say Immediately. Don't you like that word immediately? Straightway, immediately. Okay. So what, what happened after that event? It says immediately the people recognized him. Something happened. There was a change. People recognized Jesus. They ran through the whole surrounding region. 
Everybody say the whole region. They began to carry about on beds those who were sick to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. So we see another example of a storm and what happened immediately. Immediately. People in that whole region, people came. They brought sick people. They brought sick people on beds, couches, all right, wherever they heard that Jesus was, and he healed them all. How many of y'all getting this? All right, let's look at Acts 27. In Acts chapter 27, Paul was in a great tempest. It's called Euryclidon. Euryclidon is actually the, 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 the monster storm, the, the storm of all storms, okay? All right, I was talking to Dr. Ron about this passage one time. He's an archaeologist, and so he was sharing with me that um, like cyclones and tornadoes, uh, they, the winds are, they, they go counterclockwise, all right? The winds go counterclockwise, but a hurricane goes clockwise. But he said, Euryclidon, it only happens one in over 500 years. And the winds, winds go from bottom to top. And they last for weeks, okay? It's the most destructive storm that is known to man, all right? And so literally as you can think of a snowball... Or, or the only way I can compare it is on the ground, it would be like a rotor tiller, all right? But on water, all right, the way that the winds are, they're, they're, they're churning, they're going down deep into the water, into the ocean floor, and just dredge, dredging up, just churning as, as much debris as possible, okay? And, and those types of storms, they last for weeks. And so, you know, of course, Paul is on this ship, you know, and... Um, he told the guys, he stood up, he said, you know, you guys really should have listened to me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you just listened to me, we could have avoided all this. And, and you know the story. I mean, they got contrary. The winds got contrary. They had to throw the cargo overboard. And, uh, and, and so uh, finally, um, you know, Paul said, hey, you know, we're going to lose everything, but there'll be no loss of life. And so uh, they came and uh, they, they arrived at this island. They were shipwrecked. But they arrived at the island, right? And, uh, and so, uh, so after they had arrived at the island, let's look at that, okay? After they had arrived there, let's look at chapter 28. Of course, Paul was bitten by a viper. And then in verse number 7, In that region there was an estate of a leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him, and he healed him. And when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Here's the point that I want to make this morning, is that what happens after every storm is an awakening to Jesus. 
Let me say that to you again. What happens after every storm is an awakening of Jesus. I believe that we're stepping into an awakening of Jesus. And what we're about to see is going to be so amazing, so powerful, all right, like, like the world has never seen, like the church has never seen before. But see, sometimes we have to get our theology, think, our, our thinking right, because, you know, if we're looking at revival, we're looking at awakening, that everything's going to be perfect, perfect conditions, all right? You know, that's just, that's just not the Bible, okay? Because it's after every storm, all right, there's an awakening to Jesus, you know? In fact, uh, I went through um, all the different great awakenings. You know, the first great awakening was in 1730s, 1740s, and then just right after that was the Revolutionary War. Second great awakening um, was in the 1800s, uh, just right at near the same time as the, as the Civil War. The Azusa Street Revival was 1906-1915. World War I started in 1914. Voice of Healing Movement was 1947-1957. World War II started in 1939 to 1945. Jesus Movement was late 1960s into the 70s. The Vietnam War went from 1955 to 1975. So what I see is that when there's chaos, when there's war, when there are things that are going on in the natural, <laughs> that's the time that God really begins to move by His Spirit. But see, the way that the enemy works is he wants to get our eyes on the natural. And so my... My advice to you this morning is that do not repeat what the media tells you. So what you hear on the news, do not say what the media says. We're not called to say what the media says. We are called to say what God says. So when there's disaster upon disaster, people are saying, where is the word from the Lord? Who has the word from the Lord? Who can tell us what God is saying in our situation? Well, it ought to be us. It ought to be the people of God that will rise up and say the word of the Lord. We'll say what God says. But so many Christians today, we're repeating what the media says. Hello. All right. And God is saying right now in this, in this time... If the church would rise up and begin to prophesy, if the church would rise up and begin to declare, come on now, we're in a mighty move of God. We're in a great awakening, glory to God. There's a move of healing that's happening all over this land. God is healing our land, glory to God. Uh, God is turning our economy around. God, our economy is a rich economy. God is, is, is causing that this nation be upright and righteous and holy again. God is moving by His Spirit. Hallelujah. See, when there's disaster upon disaster, people say, what is the Lord saying? That's when we need to be His mouthpiece. That's when we need to be saying what God's saying, not what the world is saying. So don't get your eyes on 
the natural. Don't get caught up with what's happening out there. We need to be God's mouthpiece and His voice. And God is saying, hey, I need my people to speak words into the atmosphere for the atmosphere to change. I need my people to speak my word, the word of the Lord, into these circumstances. And so I begin to find myself looking at the TV and I'm going, I'm shaking my head, but you know what? I'm not going to say what they're saying. But every time I hear bad news, I'm going to pronounce good news. I'm going to begin to prophesy. I'm going to begin to speak out what the Lord is saying right now. How many of y'all believe we're in a time of revival? How many of you really believe we're in a time of revival? How many of you believe that there, there's a healing move that is on the way that is going to be so great, so amazing? Bodies are going to get healed. We're going to see uh, just God do tremendous healings and in, in, in miracles like we've never seen before. How about creative miracles? These guys that have gone off to war and lost limbs. Those limbs are going to be restored in Jesus' name. Their minds are going to be restored in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, let's go with me to Hebrews chapter 4. We'll finish up here. So, in, before we go to Hebrews, I'm just going to say this. Isaiah chapter 60, we all know it. Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness. Everybody say darkness. darkness. So what's the church supposed to do in darkness? Let me say this to you. The reason why, when, when, the, when, the, when there's no light, there's a vacuum. And darkness fills the vacuum. When there's no light, there's, it creates a vacuum, and darkness fills the vacuum. The Lord told me several years ago, part of your assignment, part of your calling is to go into the dark. And see, for a long time, the church has had like a separation mindset. With a, we're the church, we're over here, and then the world is over here. And yes, we're called out of the world, sanctification. But there's a transformation that's taking place where God is going to take us back into the world. Why? To reach the business world. To be the medical world. How about the political world? You with me? Amen. All right. Because where, where there's no light, there's a vacuum and darkness fills the vacuum. And so God says, hey, how, how would you like your assignment? Just invade the, the darkness. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Hey, go into the darkness and shine the light. Okay, I'm looking for a dark place. How about as the church, we just started looking for dark places? Yes, I'm going into the darkness. Woo, yeah. See, I was, I was, uh, uh, years, I was in ministry years ago, and our whole schedule Canceled. We were supposed to go to the Philippines for four months and preach crusades. And then I got a call from this guy in New York 
uh, we need a tennis pro at this exclusive club. I said, no, I don't do tennis anymore. I'm just, I'm in, I'm in ministry. And the Lord says, well, you know what? I have a harvest in New York that only you can reach. I called the guy back. I was at this exclusive club in New York uh, reaching Hollywood movie stars. All right. People who were, first lesson I give, the guy starts crying because my life is miserable. All right. I've been cheating on my wife, and someone told me I need to find God. I wouldn't know how to find God if he showed up. Do you, would you know how to find God? I said, yeah, I know how to find God. I realized that that season, that month, those several months, God had me go back into the darkness to shine the light. We started reaching people for Jesus. We started having Bible studies. In three months' time, uh, people started getting led to the Lord. Pastor years ago had a 1,500-member church. 1,500-member church. He was, he was doing well. And the Lord says, I need you to go back into the business world. He goes, why? Because nobody else is reaching those people, and I need you to be the example and to show them how to reach those people. See, part of our calling, we're talking about the call of God, is to go into dark places. <laughs> it's not time to hide. Time to run into the dark places. And so uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 4, we'll just end with this, verse number 1 and 2. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Talking about the Old Testament, right? The first generation. The word was preached to them. Let me say it to you again. The word was preached to them. They heard the word. They knew, they knew the word. But it wasn't mixed with faith. Why is it they were not able to go into the promised land? It wasn't mixed with faith. So as we close this morning, what I'm saying is this. As we hear the word of the Lord for this season, let's mix it with faith. Let's go forward with faith. Let's be the people who speak faith in the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all give it up for Jesus this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All lift up your hands if you would. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I believe there's some people here today that you know it's a new season, but you just don't know what God's called you to. Or you don't know what the next step is. But the Lord is tugging on your heart. And you know He has more for you. You know it. You know it. So, I'll share with you this morning, and that is it starts with simple surrender, consecration, and just say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. 
if you send me into the darkness, I'll go there. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll speak to whoever you want me to speak to. And I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm your ambassador. I'm your representative. I'm your vessel. So use me to the fullest. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all give it up for Jesus, if we would. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Church, let's get excited because what's around the corner? After storms, after every storm, there's an awakening to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. An awakening to Jesus. Eyes of people's understanding being enlightened. Blinders coming off. An awakening to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Pastor said, thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I think to have been alive at the time of Jesus would have been just amazing. And I think the apostles and those that were alive then look at us today and go, man, look at the opportunity they have. To be alive now today would be amazing. We are privileged to be in this time and season, and it's not by mistake. We're going to uh, take our missions offering that we take at the end of every month. And um, so prepare your offering. We're going to also, in this offering, we're going to bless Brother Brian. He goes all around the world and, and is truly a missionary to the nations of the earth. And so we want to empower him and be a part of what the Lord is doing through him. And, uh, or to, to any of the other places that the Lord has put on your heart to give to, just make sure that you designate on either, uh, if you need an envelope, raise your hand, make sure that you designate on the envelope or your check where you want the uh, offering to be designated to, we'll make sure 100% of it gets there, and uh, on the envelope you can write, fill in credit card information, if you're giving by debit or credit card, just make sure you fill in all the blanks on that envelope if you're giving by credit card and uh, do write in the amount occasionally envelopes come through without the amounts or checks come through without the amounts in them and uh, you know we always laugh and go well maybe we're supposed to believe God and fill it out uh, but then we always just instead call them and ask what did you want in there so uh, take a hold of your offering unto the Lord, and we're going to bless it. Father, I thank you that you are the giver of all good things, and we recognize that you are our source, and that there is no need, no task too big, for you are source. And so we call every need in this house 
fulfilled, every need met, every bill paid, every assignment provided for. In the name of Jesus, we call increase into your bank accounts, uh, increase into your workplaces, increase from places you didn't even expect it, and everything the Lord has set before you, He has already set in motion the meeting of that need in Jesus' name. And amen. The ushers can wait on the people and the people will give unto the Lord and the Lord will bless them mightily and move through them. Pastor Demike, he gave us a uh, letter here of a thank you note yesterday when uh, for the evening we had the Armada group go downstairs and and um, take part of their fundraiser that they had for Siloam Ministries and this is what he said he said thank you for your generous support to meet Siloam's financial goal we received 5500 to dig the third well in Hara Ethiopia Yesterday, God blessed us through you and others to a total of $10,000. May the Lord increase the anointing upon you and your ministry in everything. And I declare to this to be the year of multiplication. And he puts down Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Now understand that in that same year was a year of famine. That was when he sowed. I mean, shut down the pretty big famine. But for you, there's no famine. A hundredfold increase. All right, stand again. Father, send these your people out into the world. We send them now, Lord, and we ask that you give them grace that they need in every moment when they need it. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And one way that we love God is by loving on one another. Downstairs we have a time of fellowship. Everyone is invited. Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Word International here in Landisville, Pennsylvania. So glad to see you all here today. I'd like to encourage you in the Word of God for our worship. 1 Peter 2.9 says that you are a chosen generation. Do you know you are a chosen generation? A royal priesthood? A holy nation? Do you know you're peculiar? <laughs> what God says, you're a peculiar people. Hallelujah that you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness and into his glorious light. So God says you should show forth the praises. That should, you know, I think I read that and I think, well, that's a privilege to show forth the praises of God. Well, how often should we do that? Well, in Psalms 145, which by the way, once Psalms 145 is like a grand celebration of King David, of praise and worship. You read the whole thing. It's all the worship and praises to the Lord. But in verse 2, it says, Every day, every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. For great is the Lord. 
See, you've got to say that. He's great in my day. You might not like the day or what's going on in the day, but he is great in your day. And we will bless the Lord in the day because he's greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Amen? That whole psalm, I really encourage you to read it today. Homework. It's all about I will. See, using your free will, no matter what you're going through, I will praise the Lord for he is worthy of my praise. And he's a great and good God. Amen. Let's all stand up together as family this morning in this house. And let's just give him all our praise. Amen. Father, for your spirit of truth that you've given to us. Father, I thank you that you right now just fill this room with your presence, Lord. I ask that you encounter each person here in a way that's unique to them, Father. I ask that you come within and upon us in a mighty way this morning. I declare peace over you this morning. Grace be to you and on you. Thank you, Lord. You know, there is salvation in no one else. There's no other name under heaven that's unique like the name of Jesus, that carries the authority of the name of Jesus. There's no other name under heaven that will deliver you like the name of Jesus. Death was canceled and Jesus is alive. You know, right now, a physical flesh and bone Jesus is sitting on the throne right now receiving our praise as incense to the Father. He is sitting there talking to the Father for you and I an advocate that is the absolute best attorney we could ever have and when you come into the throne room you can come in boldly because not only is your attorney the son of the judge he's the one who paid the price and took the debt and settled all the accounts that were against you and for this reason we can come in boldly we don't have to hang our head <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and you can stand there and just cry out, Daddy! <laughs> and his ear is open to your cry. <laughs> and not only is his ear open to you, the word says he is quick to respond to you. He's not like the unjust judge, but he is quick to hear, quick to respond. So let's just thank Him for that right now. Father, I thank You that You are quick to hear, quick to respond. 
and that you have made a way for victory every day in every way. And I thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, as we prepare to send the uh, children's and ministry workers to, to their classes, what I would like to do is bring all of the children that are going down to their classes into the center aisle and, and, and the, the instructors, the teachers, the helpers, everyone that's going downstairs to be a part of the class downstairs, come into the center aisle, just crowd in there. Use your elbows, make room if you need to. given us many things in this house nothing is more special than what's right here right in front of us above all the other things we're going to answer for we're going to answer for this first to the Lord and then for the world and so it's important that we get this one right so they can go to the world and that when you and I are finished here everything that Jesus set in place continues and not only continues but grows and expands so let's just stretch out a hand to them, a hand to heaven. And Father, we just lift these children up to you, these instructors up to you. And Lord, I ask you to encounter each one in a very special way this morning. I declare life over these children, revelation and understanding over these children. Father, open up the children's minds and their understanding to for the knowledge of the Son of God to come within them, overwhelm them, and and absolutely make all the difference from now to infinity for them. I thank you, Father. Father, I call a cancellation to the plans of the enemy over these children. Your plan will not succeed. And I loose the good plan of God upon you I loose your plan, Father, on them in a mighty way by the breath of the Holy Spirit. And I call life over each one of you. Life over you in the name of Jesus. You know, even in the times where the natural laws need to be suspended, we call those laws suspended in Jesus' name. And the Zoe, life of God, the, with the angelic help that you've set for them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I call the gifts that you've already released in them from before they were born. We just breathe on these and we say, be awakened unto the Lord. Be alive unto the Lord. Stir within them even now, Lord, those things that you've put there, those desires that they need to have as, as children to be able to have the vision to reach where they're supposed to go, their destiny as adults. Lord, I call these desires to life in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. I thank you for the prophetic utterance. I thank you for, for the ministry gifts that you've released. I thank you for, for the eyes to see seeing and knowing your way, declaring your truth in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name.
Thank you, Father. Well, hallelujah. Let's send them to their classes. While the children are going, why don't you, I know you just sat down, but shake someone's hand, tell someone hello. Jesus wonderful yes, he, is. he is the reason hallelujah joy is in the house this morning amen well we'd like to welcome our guests that are with us for the very first time so if you're here for the first time raise your hand we'd like to greet you and recognize you right here on the front row welcome to CWI we're glad you're with us um, our ushers have an information card if you'd like to fill it out and put it in the offering basket. Um, any prayer requests that you may have, feel free to share those. All right, anyone need a cash envelope for your giving? Raise your hand. The ushers will see that you get it. If you're giving by credit card, do fill out all of the blanks. If you're giving by check, you can make it out to CWI. Psalms 105 verse 8 says, He remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. See, a covenant is a promise, a pledge, an alliance. So I just want to take a minute real quick here. What are some things, I want to hear this from y'all, you can participate. What are some things that God has promised concerning your finances? You don't have to remember, quote the whole verse, whatever, but what has he promised? We should be able to put it in our language, in our words. Abundance. Pour out the, open the windows of heaven. Anything else? Rebuke the devourer. Anything else? How about give and it shall be given? So he's promised to give to you. How about all these things being added to you? What do all these things have in common? Yes. All of these things, I mean, I mean just think about it. The windows being open, the windows of heaven being open, the devourer being rebuked, 
um, all these things that the Gentiles seek after being added to you, your storehouse is being filled and your vats bursting forth with new wine, what do all these things have in common is a move first on your part. A move first on your part. See, you tithe, and he's promised to open the windows of heaven. You give, and he's promised to give as you have given. You honor him, and he's promised to honor you. So let's just take a hold of these promises. Let's put our faith to that he keeps his word. He is the promise keeper. He keeps his word, and as I obey his word, he does his part. So take a hold of your tithe. Your offering, let's pray over it. Father, we just present the tithe to you this morning with joy, with thankfulness that you keep your word and that you're so faithful to do so. I thank you that every need in this house is met according to your word. I thank you that the tither is blessed in the name of Jesus. And amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets and the people will give to the Lord. All right. We have a couple things to mention in the bulletin. As usual, we have the church doors are open on Saturday evenings from 6 to 8 for prayer. And I know we've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again, that our Vacation Bible School is coming up. So if you would like to sign up your kids or be involved as, as a volunteer, please talk to Kelly Burroughs. Now, many of you know we've just come through an amazing week. A powerful week. Many volunteers. Um, I want to honor Debbie right now. Is she in here? That's right. Come on. Come on. There is so many things. I look at Debbie and I see faithfulness. I look at Debbie and I see a servant's heart. And I just know how many details that she has tended to and, and cared for. And we are so grateful. Um, it's the gift of God in you. You know, for those of you that were here this week, you know, there was a session that you didn't know you were in. There was a test you took that you didn't know you took. And I'm talking to the service teams. Anyone that volunteered and was part of a service team here, I'm talking to those who were in the children's ministry. I'm talking to those who did cleanup and made food and put toilet paper on the rolls and was in the sound booth. You know, you had opportunities for character growth. You thought you were here, oh, you know, it's going to be an amazing week. God's going to show me stuff. God's going to speak to me. I need to hear the word. And maybe you were off downstairs in the children's ministry getting toys hurled at your head, bouncing a ball and baby, wondering, I just want to do something for the Lord and grow. Yeah, you are. You have an opportunity to, or you did have an opportunity to. See, oh, I'm cold. I need to be up there. Yeah. But you know what? I don't care how many sessions you sit in. I don't care how much head knowledge you get pumped up with. If it doesn't start here with a servant's heart 
And if it doesn't start in being faithful in some small things, you may as well just go home. Don't even come. Like, that's where it starts. So this is something I felt the Lord said to say. Um, Some of you that were here this week, there was a momentum built. You know, you were on the right path, but you got sort of a turbo boost in the spirit. You got a momentum built in the right direction. Glory to God. For some of you, God was working on some character things, and he was showing some things. How did you respond to people? How did you respond when it didn't go the way you thought it would? When you had to carry a load, you know, someone else didn't show up, and now you're carrying the heavy end. Some of you, it was a pivotal moment, a turning moment. And the Lord says, don't let go. Put the foot on the pedal. Okay, because you have... You can go from here and say, oh, oh, man, it was a great word. word. I, just, I learned all this stuff. Well, did you? Let's see what you do. All right. That's what I had, and I felt that was the Lord said to share that this morning. That is top quality instruction right there.